Hey, thank you, Robert. Hey, will you guys help me thank Robert and the worship team for standing in this weekend? They did a great job. Hey, it's awesome. So we got a packed house this morning. That's really exciting to see. We got some people on the balcony. What's up up there? I have a hard time seeing you up there, but I'm glad you guys are with us. Packed house in the room today. Very exciting. Uh, you know what I love about this church? You guys are a singing church. You, and I just love it. You can't help but just be moved by hearing the voices of everybody singing, lifting up praises to God. It always inspires me, pumps me up, gets me excited to preach. Okay, so I'm excited to be here with you guys today. You guys got to see Jonathan and Rigo with a little hot takes video, some hot wings. Anybody have a ghost pepper hot wing before? They're deadly, right? Those things are deadly. Uh, but those guys, Jonathan and Rigo, they are excited to get things moving with the youth ministry. They're going to start with youth, get things launched, get things up and running, starting in homes. And then they're going to do fifth quarter and bring it to here, the campus, Wednesday nights. In the meantime, we're going to do a couple things to the chapel Nothing huge, nothing serious. Keep the chapel a multi-purpose room, but we want to kind of give it a little facelift. We have to update some technology in there. There's some just kind of outdated technology in there, so we want to do some of that. So we're going to try to get some of that done before we have the youth meeting on Wednesday night. So Jonathan and Rigo, they're working hard, super grateful for them, and super excited to invest in next-gen ministry. Once that's up and running, we'll also focus on young adults. We have some young adults here. We have a community college here. We want to reach young adults, invest in young adults. So they're going to do that, but we got to get the youth started first. So keep praying for them. By the way, speaking of praying, some of you yesterday joined us in hungry prayers. I want to say thank you guys for that. Let's give it up to the, the church for doing that. It's so encouraging. I talked to a number of you. you. You prayed and you fasted yesterday. It was a great time to do that. Some of you fasted from food. Some of you fasted from other things. We even had some teenagers, some students here fasting, and they encouraged their friends to fast. And so that was, that was very exciting. And, and I'm just, today, I'm just expecting God to move because I knew I, we can't expect to come before God's throne and leave unchanged. When we go before God, he hears. He loves us. He responds. He loves hearing from his children. And so I'm just expecting big things for the future and even for today. So today is week five, five weeks now, of our sermon series, What Would Jesus Pray? Last week we explored the, top, explored the topic of fasting in a sermon titled Hungry Prayers. And many of you prayed those hungry prayers yesterday. And I'm so grateful that you participated with us in that, last week we learned that fasting is the spiritual discipline of temporarily depriving the body for the purpose of focused and vigilant prayer. And we were reminded in the sermon as we unpacked Matthew 6 that sometimes what we need most in life is not a new seminar or a new self-help book or just some good advice. Sometimes what we need most in life is more of God in our lives. Amen? Sometimes the thing that's missing, the, the reason we feel lost, the reason we don't have a breakthrough, the reason we're, we're down and out is because we're disconnected from the one who's in charge of it all, the God of heaven. And so sometimes, the fasting is not something we have to do all the time. It's not something we even have to do. Jesus invites us to do it. He actually says, when you fast. So he assumes that we do it on occasion. But what we're doing when we fast is we're saying, God, I'm hungry for you. 
hungry for you. And so I'm going to give up my hunger for video games for a week. And I'm going to, every time I want to play video games, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. Or I'm going to give up my hunger for food. Okay, I, I, I got to break my fast. Guess where I broke my fast? In and out. Yeah, you know it. Broke that fast at In and Out. Man, that was the best burger I've ever eaten. It was awesome. Okay, so thank you for participating with us. Today, though, we're going to talk about bold prayers. Bold prayers. We're going to keep going. So here's, here's what I'm thinking here in this series. Probably going to spend a couple more weeks in it. And some of you might be thinking, like, that's a long time to talk about prayer. But next week, I want to shift gears. And I want to talk about Jesus' prayers for us. Okay, so we're going to hear Jesus' prayers. Right now we're learning from Jesus how to pray. But for a couple weeks, we're going to hear some of Jesus' prayers. The, the last one I want to hear from Jesus about how to pray, though, is this topic of bold Prayers, And here's what I want you to think about today. When it comes to your prayer life, do you ever find yourself tapping out too soon? When it comes to the things that you're praying for, things that are heavy on your heart that the Holy Spirit has maybe convicted you of or it brought to your attention and you bring it before the throne room of God and maybe you pray a couple times... Do you, do you, are you persistent in that? Or do you give up too soon? Do you tap out too soon? Many of us, and just, if we're just being honest, we, we would acknowledge that it's hard at times to be persistent in prayer. And so Jesus today, he's going to encourage us to be bold and to be persistent and to never give up in praying even when it is uncomfortable. A few weeks ago, my son, John, he competed in his first jiu-jitsu tournament. My son's five years old. He loves fighting. I've told you guys that over and over again. I'm not exaggerating, okay? He loves fighting. And he, he just did his first jiu-jitsu tournament. I was a little nervous because now he is learning submissions and stuff. So, like, for a five-year-old to know how to arm bar is a little scary. But that's Johnny. He just loves, he loves fighting. He loves wrestling. And he has good outlets for it. Uh, there was a tournament in Las Vegas, and he wanted to compete. So he signed him up for this tournament. It was a few weeks ago. And if you ever watch jiu-jitsu, you've seen that people get themselves in very, very uncomfortable positions. And the temptation when you're in those uncomfortable positions is just to give up, to tap out. Sometimes you need to tap out or you're going to lose your arm, okay? Other times, though, you kind of just got, have to push through. Well, Johnny went to this tournament. He got himself in a number of very uncomfortable positions. He didn't give up. He fought to the end. And look at this. He won two gold medals at the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> two gold medals, man. He was so pumped up. He could, like, now he just wants to do tournaments. There's a tournament down in San Diego, and the prize is a samurai sword. Okay. It, I don't know why they're giving them out to five-year-olds, but it's also kind of genius because he's like, Dad, I'm going to win that turn." A samurai sword? Like, I'm like, no, it's going to be like in a safe in my room. But sure, you can, we'll take you to that tournament. So that's Johnny. He didn't give up. He got in uncomfortable positions, and he ended up winning two gold medals, won both of his classes. Now, my question for you today is this. When prayer gets uncomfortable, how do you respond? Do you give up? Do you tap out? Do you accept defeat? Jesus is inviting us today to pray bold, persistent, audacious prayers. He's inviting us to bring anything to him. 
and everything to him. He's actually inviting us to be audacious with our prayers. To pray big things that that maybe we're a little afraid to pray. And to expect some kind of answer from him. And to keep on praying and keep on praying and keep on believing even when it seems impossible. That's what Jesus is going to encourage us to do today. So I'm going to pray and we'll jump in. Go ahead and turn your Bibles right now to Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. I'm going to pray and you can turn there while I pray. Let's, let's, let's open in prayer. God, I thank you so much for today. Some of us yesterday prayed audacious prayers. We prayed audacious prayers for our community, audacious prayers for our church, audacious prayers for our country as we mourned yesterday, audacious prayers for our family and for our own lives. We're tempted at times, God, to think that what we ask from you is just too big and impossible. But you're God, and nothing is impossible for you. Restore our faith. Restore our trust. Restore our boldness today as a church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good, isn't that a funny line, by the way? Like Jesus just in the middle of a sermon. All you evil people, if you know how to give good gifts, sorry, I just, Jesus has a little humor to me. Okay. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's our passage today. Before we jump in, let me tell you something. So uh, when I was in college, uh, when I was doing my undergrad stuff, uh, I remember taking an art history class. And I signed up for this art history class because I, I had to take it. I had a couple options. That was one of the options. I took it. I thought it was going to be super boring. I thought I would hate it. Signed up. I showed up. And my teacher, sometimes you, go to, you get a really good teacher in, in college. And this was one of those teachers. She started talking about art history. And I'm like, wow, I'm really interested in this stuff. I loved learning about cultures. I loved learning about architecture. I loved learning about just the history of, of art. And, and I got so excited, so jazzed up, I actually started visiting museums in L.A. Because I, I didn't live far from L.A., so I'd go down there and I'd visit museums and I'd look at these things, artifacts in person. It was really exciting. I, I really liked it. To this day, I still kind of like that stuff. And there are two exhibits that I would love to see one day. Two exhibits. I haven't seen them. I would love to see them one day. The first is the Dead Sea Scrolls exhibit. Anybody see that before? It's, it's come down to L.A. before. It's supposed to be amazing. I want to see that. The other is the, the, the tomb of King Tut, okay? King Tut, all right? So you might remember King Tut from the movie Night at the Museum. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, my kids. That's how my kids would know King Tut, okay? Uh, King Tut, though, he's, this discovery, King Tut's tomb, in the world of archaeology, very few finds have rivaled the discovery of King Tut and his tomb. Okay, so much was discovered in his tomb on that dig that it took them eight years to fully excavate and catalog the dig. Now, prior to this discovery, though, 
most of the tombs in the Valley of the Kings had been plundered by tomb raiders. Okay, this was some real-life Indiana Jones mummy stuff going on, okay? So people would come to the Valley of Kings, they would plunder tombs, and they'd take those things. And, and, and for, for many archaeologists, they thought, hey, the heyday of Egyptian archaeology, it's over, everything's been raided, it's on the black market now, there's no way we're going to find anything, except for one man, his name was Howard Carter. In 1922, Howard Carter made the biggest discovery of all. You see, Howard Carter, for six years, he searched in the Valley of the Kings for hidden treasure. Okay, doesn't that sound exciting? Like, man, going, he was raising money. He had very little evidence that there was anything out there. Everything had been picked over by Tomb Raiders, but he believed that there was something left unspoiled. And so he raised funds six years. He dug, he dug, he dug. And multiple times, he found himself yards from King Tut's tomb, yards, and he stopped digging. He was right there, almost in, and he stopped digging. And then finally, after six years, he came across a step, and that step led to a tomb, and that tomb uncovered the greatest treasure that we've ever found. He hit the jackpot. It says that when he, when he walked in, he opened up the tomb. His, his assistant asked him, hey, do you see anything? He said, yes, I see wonderful things. And Howard Carter's boldness in 1922, six years of persevering, because of his perseverance, he uncovered one of the greatest treasures of all time. Why do I share that with you? Prayer is a lot like archaeology. Great treasures await you in prayer. You just have to keep searching. You just need to keep digging. We're at week five in our sermon series on prayer. You're probably learning that prayer is a process. Sometimes we lift up things to God and we get a response right away. Sometimes we we see his hand right there, right then. Other times, though, when we're, we're lifting things up to the Lord, things that we're passionate about, things that are heavy on our minds, things that we really care about, God invites us to be persistent, to keep digging, to keep searching, to keep seeking, to keep on knocking, to never quit. Today, I want to remind you, prayer is a process. It requires boldness, perseverance. But here's the thing. If you don't quit, great treasures await you on the other side. Great treasures await you on the other side. So don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for that friend to come to Christ. Don't stop praying for that wayward child. Don't stop praying. We know the story of the prodigal son. That child of yours who feels like you think that they're so far from God, will it ever happen? Yes, it can happen. Don't stop praying for that breakthrough at work. Don't stop praying for your neighbors. Don't stop praying for whatever you might be battling physically or mentally. Don't stop praying. There are going to be days where you hit lows and you want to give up. You want to tap out because it's uncomfortable. Jesus today says, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Today we're going to learn two characteristics of bold prayers. Number one, bold prayers are persistent. He says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock, it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. 
Jesus uses three verbs that progress in action and intensity. So let's look at each one. The first is ask. Ask. God the Father is inviting you to bring your, your needs to him in the form of asking. Okay, this is an invitation. Now, this is super simple, but we forget about this sometimes. Sometimes this is an invitation to come before the Lord humbly and childlike with whatever you may need. If you need it, just ask. And I tell my kids this all the time. They forget. Okay, I'm their daddy. I love to meet their needs. I love to hear their wants. I love to respond to them. Sometimes, though, they just forget to ask. They can't open a bag of chips. They spill it all over the ground. Like, dude, you should have just asked. I'd help you. They're struggling with their homework, and they get frustrated. Johnny, when he gets frustrated, he, I could see it in his face. He's struggling with his homework. Dude, if you need help, just ask. All you got to do is say, Daddy, will you help me? Daddy, I need help. Daddy, I can't do this. I don't understand. God invites you as a loving father. God invites you to just ask. This poses a question, though. Why don't we ask God for help? That's the question. Why don't we? God invites us to ask. Why don't we actually ask? Why don't we ask him for help? Why have we stopped asking God to do God-sized things? Well, I believe that the answer to this is cynicism. It's easy in prayer to become very, very cynical. God's too busy for me. That's why I don't bring my prayers to him. God's running a world. There's so much going on. There's pain and suffering everywhere. Why would God really care about a little person like me and my little needs? I don't need to ask God. I just need to pull myself up by my bootstraps and figure it out. Or maybe you think that your prayers just don't work. Yeah, praying works for some people, but praying, it doesn't do anything for me. It can't change my circumstances. It's a waste of time. Don't get your hopes up. Cynicism creeps in and we forget to ask because we think that it's just pointless. Jesus is saying, ask. Just ask. If you have a need, ask. Ask and it will be given to you. James 4, 2 says this. He says, you don't have because what? You don't ask. That's what I tell my kids all the time. You, didn't, you don't have that because you didn't ask for it. You don't have because you don't ask. Now, to be fair, sometimes God's answer is no. Just to be fair. Sometimes his answer is no. James 4.3 says this. He says, you ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Okay, so sometimes our prayers are aligned with God and his will. His will as revealed in scripture. Other times our prayers are maybe not as aligned with God and his will in scripture. Like, God, I need three Ferraris and a new house. Like, I, you know, maybe that's not like the top thing that God wants for you. But, but here's the thing. I, I can't figure out, I, I can't tell you what's aligned with God's will in your life and what isn't. That's for you and God to, to work out and determine and to determine. But here's the thing. When it comes to asking, don't stop asking until you get an answer. Don't stop until you get an answer. Sometimes God's answer is yes. Sometimes God answer, God's answer is no. And sometimes his answer is wait. But until you get an answer, keep on praying, keep on asking, keep on bringing it before the Lord. And then here's the next step. When you ask for God for something, you don't just sit around and just wait for God to do something. 
Okay, so I told you that this progresses in action and intensity. So Jesus uses another verb here. He said, don't just sit around. When you ask God for something, don't just sit around and, you know, play video games and wait for God to do something. you got to get engaged in this prayer thing. Prayer is a process. It's not just talking to God. It's also seeking God, seeking answers from God, following after God, which leads to the second progression, and that is the word seek. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Okay, seek is the Greek term zeteo. And zeteo means to investigate something or to look for something. Now, do any of you guys like mystery movies or mystery TV shows? Okay, any Sherlock fans in, in the house this morning? Or here's an old one that I, that I just remembered when I was doing this sermon. Any of you guys used to watch the movie House or the TV show House? Yeah, that was a good show, right? Sometimes I actually bring that back and watch it. One thing I like about House So House, he gets all these crazy patients who are dealing with the craziest things that no one could figure out. He gets his team around him. They're trying to help these patients get better. The first thing they do, though, they pull out a whiteboard. They ask questions. And they write all their questions on the whiteboard. But here's the thing. A doctor doesn't just stop there. A doctor doesn't just say, okay, what's wrong? We think these things might be wrong. What do they do? They take another step. They seek to help the patient. They seek out the answers. They seek out uh, change in the patient. And so uh, that's one thing I love about House is he asks questions and then he investigates and he goes for, out for answers. So maybe you like that kind of stuff. Maybe you like mystery sh- stuff. But here's the thing. Investigators, people who investigate, they don't just ask questions. They also seek out answers. Okay, investigating something takes asking questions to a whole new level. A few years ago, I actually got to investigate a crime scene with my stepdad, Danny. Okay, so my, my stepdad, Danny, he's a bomb tech for L.A. County Sheriff Department. And he also partners with the FBI uh, to investigate explosions and, and prepare things. Like when um, important people come to L.A., he has to sweep the streets, all that stuff. One day we were hanging out. And he got a call about an explosion in a suburban neighborhood. No one was injured, so he actually invited me to come and check out the explosion and, and, and look at the crime scene with him. So I get some clothes on. I try to look somewhat professional. We show up to the scene. It's all taped off. There are cop cars everywhere because it's a big explosion in a suburban neighborhood. And on the way to the scene, he's asking questions. Asking, 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 asking. He gets to the scene. He continues asking questions. Asking, 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 asking. Then they lift up the tape, and he and I and the bomb squad, we walk through, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. I feel like I'm in a movie right now. This is so cool. We walk through, and we start investigating. He looks around the whole house. He looks around the neighboring houses. The explosion was so big, it blew out the windows, every window in the house, windows in the neighboring houses. The the roof lifted up off of the, uh, like, the, the I don't know, the house, the foundation was all messed up. The fridge, the fridge door had like blown through walls into other rooms in the house. Luckily, no one was in the house when this thing happened. But we're searching around the house trying to figure out what happened. And so he started with asking and then he started investigating, seeking out answers. He looked behind every little thing he could look behind. He peeked into every little crevice. He assessed everything going on, and and he would ask me, people would come to me and ask me questions like what I thought about the crime scene. I'm like, well, you know, you know, I'm really experienced in this stuff, so let me tell you, uh, and like I'm talking about it like I know, I knew nothing. I just heard Danny processing. So 
at the end of the day, he figured out what happened. He discovered the source of the explosion because he asked questions and he seeked out answers. And this, I'm telling you this because of this. Persistence in prayer requires that we move beyond asking and embrace a time of seeking and investigating. If you're praying for a job, don't just ask for a job and then turn on your Xbox. Ask for a job and start working on your resume. Ask for a job and start applying. If you want to see your child come back to Christ, don't just pray that your child comes back to Christ. Give them a call. Invite them in. Call their friends. If, if somebody is struggling around you and you know they need comfort, you know they need help, don't just pray that that person gets comfort, that that person gets help. Become a part of the process. Go and help and comfort that person. You see, prayer is not just us lobbing things up to God and saying, God, you see that? You see this? You see those? Go, go do something about it. No, God's going to say, hey, I see that. Yeah, I care too. And I'm sending you now. Get up and go. Seek out answers. Become a part of the process. Don't be passive. It's not a lazy activity. It's not us just sitting back waiting for God to do something. We pray and, and then we lift it up to God and we take action. It's a process between you and God where you're, 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 you're growing, you're listening, you're responding, you're walking with faith, taking steps towards whatever it is that he wants to do through your praying. You see, praying shapes and molds you. When you pray, you get to hear from God, you get to see what God sees, and you begin to change in the process. It's not just lobbing things up in the air. It's actually hearing and responding and changing and aligning yourself with God's will. And so, so one thing like people want to see here, we want to, we want to reach people here. Amen? We want to see this church make a huge impact here. Reaching people for Jesus, sharing the gospel, seeing people change, freeing people from addiction, letting people know they're loved, they're part of a family, all those amazing things. Let's pray and pray and pray like we did yesterday, but let's not stop there. Let's open our mouths and share Jesus. Let's open our homes and let others in. Let's actually turn our prayer lives into Action, seeking out God's will, seeking out a response from the Lord. Ask and seek. And the last word in the progression, the last verb he uses, and these are continuous verbs, by the way. So he's saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking. The last one, though, the last one is knock. Knock. Now, knocking takes the intensity of prayer to a whole new level. Because knocking is very invasive. Okay, do any of you ever hide when someone knocks on your door? <laughs> I know people who hide. They get on the ground. They get behind the furniture. They'll yell out, no one's home. <laughs> okay, back in the day when someone knocked on your door, it was awesome. Like, oh, awesome. We got cookies ready. We want, we want company. Now someone knocks on the door, go away. Like, get out of here. No one likes the door being knocked on. Well, and, and to be fair, if you have little kids, I hate door knocks when I have little kids. Because it's like they just went down for a nap and then UPS comes. So, uh, but knocking is a bit invasive. Jesus actually invites you to be invasive. 
he invites you to be invasive. Listen to this parable that he gives. Luke eleven five. He gives a parable of what knocking on God's door, heaven's door, looks like. This is what he says. Which one of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight? Okay, midnight is late. I am asleep at midnight. My kids are asleep at midnight. Some of you are night owls. I'm guessing most of you are asleep, though, at midnight. Which one of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight? Say to him, friend, knock on the door, midnight. Friend, I need some bread. Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And, and, and then he will answer from within, don't bother me. That's an appropriate answer. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. So the, these houses, these old school houses, you'd have like one living room and you'd have like one dining area. So everyone kind of slept in the same room. Closing the door to these houses was sometimes a task. It wasn't easy to do. So opening the door was, was, was a problem. You'd wake everybody up, all that good stuff. So this guy, this neighbor's like, man, you're knocking on my door at midnight because you need some bread. My kids are asleep. My door is locked. What's going on? He said, I can't give up and get up and give you anything. I tell you though, Though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his impudence, his persistence, he'll rise and he'll give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So here's the story. A guy needed food for an unexpected traveler. Okay, if you've ever visited the Middle East or just Eastern culture in general, Eastern culture loves hospitality, okay? Hospitality is so important. Everybody is, has to be prepared and ready for guests. I experienced that in, in Indonesia. I experienced that in places in China and, and other places. Everyone is ready to have a guest. Well, this guest happened to arrive very, very late. He arrives at midnight, which is, which is just crazy. And so this guy, he's not ready for the guest. And so in the middle of the night, he's, he, he's like, I need bread for this guest. There's nowhere I can get it. So I got I to gotta call, I got to go to Frank's house. And he starts knocking on the door at midnight and saying, hey, I need bread. I have a traveler coming. And the guy's like, what does this have to do with me? But he keeps on knocking, knocking and knocking. The whole family's woken up. Probably the whole neighborhood is woken up. They're irritated. They're annoyed. But because they're so irritated and so annoyed and so blown away by this guy's audacity and his willingness to go in the middle of the night and ask for something like this, because he wouldn't go away, they open the door and they finally give him some bread. Jesus is saying this. Even a bad neighbor is going to give you bread if you knock on the door over and over and bug them. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good friend. All you have to do is knock and keep on knocking. Even if it's the middle of the night, keep on knocking. Let me say this. Some of you guys in your prayer lives, you've run into something like this, a closed door. You prayed for something and then you hit a door. You prayed for it again, you hit a door. And every time you hit a door, you know what you did? You turned around and you gave up. You asked, maybe you seeked, but you stopped at the door. You saw a closed door and you thought, oh man, that must, that's it. That's the end of the road for me. Jesus says, knock on the door. 
There are treasures awaiting you on the other side of this door. All you got to do is knock and knock and knock and knock and knock. You've been asking. You've been seeking. Maybe you feel like you're doing this in the middle of the night, like God doesn't really care. God's got too much going on. He's saying, I don't have too much going on. Knock. Be persistent. And guess what? If you keep on knocking, you keep on asking, you keep on seeking, he opens the door. He opens the door. And there are treasures awaiting on the other side of this door. And here's the thing that Jesus is encouraging you to do. He's actually encouraging you to be bold and relentless in your prayers. The, the word, there's a weird word in here. It's the word impudence. Did you see that word? When was the last time you used that word? Never, right? No one says impudence. So I had to look it up. What the heck does that mean? Okay, impudence means, this is, this is kind of a harsh term. It means cocky boldness. Did you hear that? Jesus actually invites you to pray like that at times. The Greek word aneda, which we translated impudence, you know what it means? Shameless audacity. Listen to what John MacArthur says about this. The picture here is of shameless nerve, boldness, importunity, Things that seem almost ludicrous to us going into the presence of the God of the universe. But our Lord is teaching us how to be invasive. How to be bold in our prayers. This man responded not for friendship, but for irritation. He is in contrast to God who never sleeps and never slumbers. So you're not waking him up. And if this man would give not for friendship, but just because of the shameless boldness of his other friend, what will God give those who love God who loves us perfectly give you when you come into his presence? God's inviting you to knock. He's not just inviting you to knock. God, I've been knocking. Where are you? This is too heavy. This is too hard. God, I'm not going to leave until you answer. This is important to me. My child is important to me. My health is important to me. My church is important to me. The struggles around, God, I, you, do you see what's happening? God, do you, do you care? Do you even see? Do you even notice? God, I'm, I'm here. God, please come answer the door. Some of you are seeing that and you're thinking, wow, that's so disrespectful. Jesus is saying, no, ask, knock, ask, knock. Don't give up. Don't quit. Knock on that door. Let him know you need an answer. God is ready to open the door, my friends. He's ready to open the door. Knock on that thing. You see a closed door, you knock. You knock once, you knock twice, you keep on knocking until you get an answer. Impudence, that's a cool word now. I'm going to add it to my vocabulary. God says be bold, be audacious. Come before me with your needs. Expect a response. How do you need to knock on God's door today? Some of you need to knock on heaven's door for the first time. You've been far from God. 
You've believed in your heart that God doesn't love you, that God can't forgive you, that God can't possibly embrace someone like you with your past and your history. You've been asking questions. You've been seeking answers. You've been lost in your life. And God is saying, hey, you know what? Maybe you just need to knock on this door and come on through. Enter the kingdom for the first time today. Some of you today, you need to knock for the first time on God's door and enter into his kingdom and experience the treasures on the other side. There are treasures, greater treasures than King Tut, okay? Greater treasures. Some of you, you stopped digging when you were two, you were only two yards away from the treasure and you stopped digging. Dig. I invite you today, if you don't know Jesus, receive Jesus today. He, he wants you. He, he wants to embrace you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. But you got to go through the door. You got to go through the narrow gate. Others of you, how do you need to keep on knocking? How do you need to keep on praying? Maybe in your prayer life, when you think about it, as you wrestle through it, you've realized today, oh, wait, actually in my prayer life, I'm kind of a, a, a prayer couch potato. I just kind of throw things up. And then in between my Mountain Dew drinks, I hope that God's going to hear me. God's saying, get off the couch. Don't just pray. Seek out answers. Be an investigator. Don't just investigate. Knock on the door. Knock on heaven's door. God, I, some of you need to see today that God wants a breakthrough for you. Whatever your battle is, whatever you're struggling with, it could be anxiety, pain, addiction, grief, whatever it is, bring it to God. Ask Seek, knock, because when you knock, God opens. Last thing I want to say today is this. Bold prayers are expectant. We learned that bold prayers are persistent. I also want you to see that bold prayers are expectant. This is what Jesus says. He says, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Is that a good dad? You want some bread? Okay, here's a rock. That's not a good dad. We, Jesus knows that dads don't do that. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. Is that a good dad? Here, here buddy, I got you a nice little rattlesnake for your room. No. If you then, here we go again, who are evil? If you, fallen creatures, okay, we are, just so you know, we are fallen creatures. We're selfish. We, we, even though we try at times to do well, realistically, we have this sin issue going on in our hearts and in our minds. And deep down, we often, we often make terrible choices because we have this sin issue that we're dealing with. But even though we're sinful creatures dealing with sin, we still know how to do good things for our kids. We still know how to do good things for others. He says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who's in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. Here we see God the Father is ready to give you good things. He's ready to give you good things. Some of you, you've become, you've become cynical in your prayer life, and so you think that, that if you pray for something, then maybe God's just going to come in and wreck your life instead of fix it. Maybe he's going to just send you something terrible and hard instead of something to help you. Jesus says that God the Father gives his children good things. Friends, you need to know today, God loves you. I know that sounds so cliche, but I want you to believe it with your whole heart. Because if you believe it with your whole heart, it's really going to impact how you pray. 
if you know that God loves you, and you know that God hears you, and you know that God cares about whatever you face, big or small, if you actually know that and you actually believe it, then you won't quit praying because you know you have a Father in heaven who hears and who sees and who responds. South Valley, I'm inviting you today to knock on heaven's door. Be persistent in prayer. Expect an answer from God. He says he'll answer. He says he has good things for you. Don't tap out, don't give in, don't give up. And I'm going to close with this story. A few years ago, when I was doing my undergrad work, I was in Bible college. We had an assignment. We had to write down 8 to 15 names of people who didn't know Jesus on this piece of paper. And for credit, we had to pray for them every single day. I thought it was a strange assignment. But for, for, I don't know, however many months the semester was, I prayed for these people on this list every single day. I didn't know what would happen. But you know what happened? Being persistent opening my eyes to the people around me, asking God to intervene in their lives, seeking to be a part of that, and actually sharing Jesus with these people. Almost every person, 15 names, and maybe every person, almost every person on that list gave their life to Jesus. They were baptized. They gave their life to Jesus. They married uh, uh, someone else who believed in Jesus. Okay, I got to be a part of their baptisms. All, all that was, was persistence. It wasn't me doing anything awesome. It was me every day saying, God, I'm going to pray and pray and pray until they say yes. And they said yes. Pray bold prayers this week. And come back next week as we hear Jesus' bold prayers for us. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for uh, just the hungry prayers that everyone prayed yesterday. I'm excited just to see some momentum and to see some excitement about this topic. I know that this is hard. This is a long time talking about prayer, but you're also challenging us to be persistent, to go deeper, to not just be on the surface. And as we do this, we get to know you better and we get to respond to whatever your calling is on our lives. Bless this church this week. Help them ask, help them seek, help them knock. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Hey, love you guys. Have a great week. We will see you next week. If you need prayer today, I'll be available. Marcus is available. We'd love to pray with you.